वेलकम टू दंकोलॉजी ऑन एयर पॉडकास्ट आई एम डॉक्टर प्रशांत इन दिस एपिसोड वी विल टॉक अबाउट रीसेंट एडवांसेस इन द मैनेजमेंट ऑफ टेस्टिकुलर जर्म सेल ट्यूमर्स टेस्टिकुलर जर्म सेल ट्यूमर्स आर द मोस्ट प्रेवलेंट कैंसर अमंग यंग अडल्ट मेल्स कॉन्स्टिट्यूटिंग अप्रॉक्सिमेटली वन परसेंट ऑफ ऑल ऑंकोलॉजिकल डायग्नोसिस इन मैन ओवर द पास्ट थर्टी ईयर्स देर हैज बिन अ प्रोग्रेसिव राइज in the incidence of these tumors while primarily originating in the testis testicular germ cell tumors can also emerge in extragonadal sites although such instances are rare accounting for only 2 to 5% of cases histologically testicular germ cell tumors are categorized as seminomatous or non-seminomatous the latter of which comprise of yolk sac embryonal carcinoma choriocarcinoma and teratoma the third type of testicular germ cell tumors are the mixed type despite their relative rarity on a population scale germ cell tumors have seen remarkable progress in treatment outcomes over the last 4 decades high rates of cure and overall survival have been achieved even in metastatic scenarios primarily due to multimodal treatment approaches and the advent of cisplatin based chemotherapy regimens Nevertheless a notable proportion up to 30% of metastatic testicular germ cell tumor patients do not achieve cure through initial systemic therapy necessitating salvage treatment unfortunately therapeutic options for individuals with platinum refractory disease are limited and the prognosis remains bleak with cure rates falling below 5% the effective management of testicular germ cell tumors relies significantly on accurate staging and prognosis assessment since its inception in 1997 the international germ cell cancer collaborative group ig triple cg prognostic classification has served as a valuable tool this classification aids in risk stratification based on histology marker levels and metastatic sites providing essential guidance for the treatment and care of patients with germ cell tumors The original International Germ Cell Collaborative Group prognostic classification from 1997 stratified seminoma into two risk groups good and intermediate Good risk seminoma was defined as any primary site with no non-pulmonary visceral metastasis Intermediate risk seminoma was classified as any primary site with non-pulmonary visceral metastasis there was no poor risk stratification for seminoma on the other hand non seminomatous germ cell tumor was classified as good risk when there was a gonadal or retroperitoneal primary there was no non pulmonary visceral metastasis the human chorionic gonadotrophin was less than 5000 international units per liter the alpha fetoprotein was less than 1000 nanograms per ml and the ldh was less than 1.5 times the upper limit of normal intermediate risk non seminomatous germ cell tumor was defined as gonadal or retroperitoneal primary with no non pulmonary visceral metastasis with a human chorionic gonadotrophin between 5000 and 50000 international units per liter an alpha fetoprotein between 1000 and 10000 nanograms per ml and an ldh of more than 1.5 but less than 10 times the upper limit of normal
poor risk non-seminomatous germ cell tumor was defined as a mediastinal primary with non-pulmonary visceral metastasis, a human chorionic gonadotrophin more than 50,000 international units per liter, an alpha-fetoprotein of more than 10,000 nanograms per ml or an LDH of more than 10 times the upper limit of normal. This International Germ Cell Cancer Collaborative Group classification for advanced non-seminomatous germ cell tumor has yielded promising outcomes, particularly for patients treated between 1990 and 2013 compared to historical data predating the 1990s. Additionally, a proposed lactate dehydrogenase cutoff of 2.5 times the upper limit of normal aims to redefine the classification of seminoma patients without non-pulmonary visceral metastasis formerly included in the good prognosis group. This refinement aligns them more closely with the IgCCCG intermediate risk group as their outcomes have been found to be more reflective of this category. The improvements in both progression-free survival and overall survival underscore the progress that has been made in managing testicular germ cell tumors over the past decades. However, these advancements also underscore the importance of ongoing research, particularly for patients with cisplatin refractory disease, relapses and late relapses occurring two or more years after completing treatment. This episode delves into the recent developments in testicular cancer management with a specific focus on two areas, tumor markers and biomarkers, as well as the management of platinum-resistant disease through novel treatment approaches. Tumor markers, including alpha-fetoprotein, human chorionic gonadotrophin and lactate dehydrogenase, play a crucial role in the various stages of testicular cancer management from diagnosis to monitoring treatment response and follow-up. These markers also contribute to risk stratification for patients with metastatic non-seminomatous germ cell tumor based on the International Germ Cell Cancer Collaborative Group Prognostic Classification. However, it's noteworthy that a significant proportion of patients may exhibit marker-negative disease, leading to a situation where tumor marker levels do not accurately reflect the disease burden. While tumor serum protein markers remain integral to the management of testicular germ cell tumors, the identification and development of novel biomarkers are essential to address challenges such as marker-negative disease, improve diagnostic accuracy, predict relapses, facilitate early detection and identify residual disease post-chemotherapy. These advancements hold the potential to enhance the precision and efficacy of the management of testicular germ cell tumors. The microRNA is a form of small single-stranded RNA 18-25 to 25 nucleotides long. There is compelling evidence indicating significant overexpression of specific microRNA clusters that is microRNA 371-373 to 373 and microRNA 302 in the tissue of all testicular germ cell tumors, irrespective of histologic subtype, patient age, or primary presentation site. Notably, this expression is not observed in normal tissue. The discovery of stable serum microRNAs has prompted numerous studies focusing on identifying microRNAs at the time of diagnosis and in response to treatment. A prospective multicenter study 
involving 616 patients with primary testicular germ cell tumors and 258 controls has demonstrated remarkably high sensitivity of 90.1% and specificity of 94% of microRNA 371A3P measured by the test M371 using quantitative polymerase chain reaction across all testicular germ cell tumor subgroups except teratoma. MicroRNA 371A3P has also shown promise in a cohort of 24 low-stage chemotherapy-naive patients undergoing retroperitoneal lymph node dissection, achieving excellent results with an area under the curve of 0.965, a sensitivity of 100% and a specificity of 92%. However, its predictive value was not observed in cases of pure teratoma. Further investigations have explored microRNA levels as predictors of residual viable disease at retroperitoneal lymph node dissection after chemotherapy in 82 patients with germ cell tumors yielding positive results with an area under the curve of 0.874. In a recent pilot trial involving 111 patients with testicular germ cell tumors, retrospective and blind analysis of microRNA 371A3P expression on prospectively obtained samples demonstrated extraordinarily high sensitivity of 96%, specificity of 100%, and a positive predictive value of 100% as well. The negative predictive value was 98% in predicting active germ cell tumors. A comprehensive review addresses differences among the studies conducted to date and evaluates microRNA performance. Ongoing validation in prospective randomized clinical trials is underway, showing the potential of circulating microRNAs in impacting patient management positively. Despite the need for further follow-up, validation, standardization, the outstanding performance of microRNAs in terms of sensitivity, specificity and their short half-life in these studies holds promise for influencing patient care positively. The trials in this space are the AGCT1531, which was a phase 3 trial, the UKP3 BEP Phase 3 Randomized Trial and the Southwestern Oncology Group S1823 Prospective Cohort Trial. We will now talk about the management of chemotherapy-resistant disease. Managing platinum-resistant testicular germ cell tumors poses a significant challenge in this space and a consensus on the optimal salvage treatment to achieve disease remission is yet to be established. Various platinum-based standard-dose chemotherapy regimens such as VEIP, vinblastin, iphosphamide and cisplatin, VIP, etoposide, iphosphamide and cisplatin, TIP, paclitaxel, iphosphamide and cisplatin, and EP, etoposide and cisplatin are currently employed in this setting. High-dose chemotherapy followed by autologous bone marrow transplant is also considered. The complexity and frequency of such situations necessitate that these treatments be undertaken in specialized centers and progress in this area relies heavily 
on multi-center and multinational collaboration. International germ cell tumor groups such as the International Global Germ Cell Tumor Collaborative Group and the Malignant Germ Cell International Consortium, MAGIC, have played a crucial role in facilitating this collaboration. An illustrative example of such collaboration is the ongoing international randomized phase 3 study, the TIGER trial, which compares conventional dose salvage treatment with TIP, paclitaxel, iphosphamide and cisplatin with high-dose chemotherapy, two cycles of paclitaxel and iphosphamide followed by three cycles of carboplatin and etoposide. This study is actively recruiting and its results are eagerly awaited to provide insights into the salvage treatment of testicular germ cell tumors. On a molecular level, the mechanisms of platinum sensitivity and resistance remain incompletely understood. Platinum sensitivity is closely linked to cisplatin-induced DNA damage, intact P53 signaling and an increased chemotherapy-induced apoptotic response due to mitochondrial priming. Platinum-resistant germ cell tumors, particularly those with adverse clinical features, have been associated with P53 mutations and MDM2 amplifications, leading to poor outcomes independently of the Ig triple CG risk class. Recent whole exome sequencing studies on platinum-resistant germ cell tumors have revealed several hallmarks of platinum-resistant disease. These include increased copy number and structural aberrations, heightened frequency of mutations affecting KIT, P53 and the WNT signaling genes, as well as loss of pluripotency genes and hypermethylation. For instance, a study in 2016 found that apoptosis and pluripotency regulators NANOG and POU5F1, also known as OCT3 or 4, expressed in testicular germ cell tumors were not expressed in metastatic tumor deposits or mediastinal germ cell tumors resistant to chemotherapy. However, the precise impact of these changes and their influence on mitochondrial priming remains unknown. For the treatment of testicular germ cell tumors, in patients with chemotherapy-resistant disease, the pathways that have been investigated include the vascular endothelial growth factor-mediated angiogenesis pathway, receptor tyrosine kinase pathway such as those with KIT and MET, mammalian target of rapamycin or mTOR signaling cyclin-dependent kinases and the poly-ADP ribose polymerase-mediated DNA repair pathway. Early phase trials exploring the role of these novel agents in refractory germ cell tumors have shown disappointing results. Acknowledging that these studies often involve heavily pretreated patients, some were terminated prematurely due to futility with observed overall response rates and outcomes proving to be extremely poor. It is noteworthy that most of these studies have been conducted in unselected patient populations. For example, a phase 2 single-arm study of pazopanib, an angiogenesis-targeted treatment in 43 patients who had progressed after two or more platinum-based chemotherapeutic regimens, demonstrated a 3-month progression-free survival of 12.8% and a one-year overall survival of 28.5%. Similarly, despite 
promising preclinical activity sunitinib exhibited poor clinical results in patients with cisplatin refractory disease with partial responses ranging from 0 to 9%. These outcomes highlight the challenges and complexities in developing effective treatment for cisplatin resistant testicular germ cell tumors emphasizing the importance of continued research and exploration of alternative therapeutic strategies. The role of KIT KIT in genetic predisposition along with the frequency of somatic mutations initially suggested it as an attractive target for germ cell tumors. However, reported responses with the tyrosine kinase inhibitors imatinib and tivantinib were disappointing. The lack of activity might be attributed to the molecular features of testicular germ cell tumors as most identified KIT mutations are localized on exon 17 and are associated with imatinib resistance. Similarly, a phase 2 study of Everolimus reported unsatisfactory results. Previous studies addressing cyclin dependent kinases and the hypothesis regarding PARP inhibitors effectiveness in cisplatin sensitive tumors has also yielded discouraging outcomes. The limited impact of targeted therapies has prompted the exploration of alternative approaches. Some activity has been observed with the antibody drug conjugate brentuximab vedotin targeting the CD30 antigen in a small cohort of heavily pretreated patients with CD30 expressing testicular germ cell tumors the 3 month progression free survival and 6 month overall survival was 22.2% and 77.8% respectively pdl1 expression in a significant proportion of testicular germ cell tumors led to the investigation of checkpoint inhibitors however studies of the pd1 inhibitor pembrolizumab and pdl1 inhibitor avelumab and durvalumab showed no clinical activity with no responses observed in germ cell tumors ongoing studies are exploring pd1 directed agents alone or in combination such as nivolumab with ipilimumab or durvalumab and tremelimumab notably a phase 1 study of cabozantinib with or without ipilimumab showed no observed responses in the germ cell tumor subgroup hypomethylating agents like guadesitabine have been considered promising novel targets due to the observed dna hypermethylation in platinum refractory testicular germ cell tumors preclinical studies have shown that testicular germ cell tumors are highly sensitive to low dose desitabine a dna methyltransferase inhibitor which restored sensitivity to cisplatin in all cell lines a phase 1 study of guadesitabine and cisplatin in 14 patients with germ cell tumors showed an overall response rate of 23% with excellent responses reported in two patients with platinum refractory disease in a phase 1 study of cisplatin gemcitabine and guadesitabine the reason for the lack of activity with most of these agents remains unclear and it is uncertain whether it is due to patient selection or intrinsic germ cell tumor biology further research on biomarkers is crucial to identifying novel treatments in refractory disease the intricacies involved in the management of testicular germ cell tumors coupled with the necessity for multimodality treatment underscore the crucial importance of referring patients to high volume centers given that germ cell tumors are considered rare diseases seeking expertise in specialized institutions becomes paramount for optimal care collaborative efforts 
exemplified by organizations such as the International Global Germ Cell Tumor Collaborative Group and the Malignant Germ Cell International Consortium MAGIC are instrumental in facilitating faster progress in understanding and management of germ cell tumors by bringing together experts and sharing insights and fostering joint initiatives these international collaborations enhance the collective knowledge base and contribute to refining treatment approaches beyond bleomycin etoposide cisplatin and paclitaxel ifosfamide and cisplatin such collaborative endeavors are particularly vital when dealing with rare diseases where pooling resources and expertise can lead to more effective strategies for diagnosis treatment and patient care with that we have come to the end of this episode thanks for listening